What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 28, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. JMac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and typically I would be joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos. However, Ben is out of the office today, but the good news is I am joined by my secondary co-host. I'm sure he loves that title. Let's go down to the field and see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Sam, what's up, buddy? Whoa, I don't know how to respond to that introduction, but I'm feeling pretty good after that. At least I consulted with you about your number. Yeah, I super appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> is that you? Is that your voice? That actually is. Did you modulate it Maybe in some way? Bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> wow. It yeah. sounds really good. You yeah, I, I do what I can, you know. It's, I'm production, host, you know, founder, all that. It's great. <laughs> Not to yeah. pat my own, myself on the back, but you know. Uh, no, nice I threw it together in a couple of minutes. Wanted to make sure you had something uh, kind of cool to, to be brought into. So here we are. Super appreciate that. Uh, how are you doing on this Sunday? Doing well, man. Doing well. It, I was, we were just talking in pre-show about it. It's, uh, it was weird only doing one episode last week, but it was great for uh, Jimmy to join us. So we, we uh, want to thank him again. It's always great to have him. Yeah. How have, the, have we been keeping track of the Mets since his appearance? I mean, can we quantify the success or lack thereof based so on the podcast? That, he okay. texted me the other night and said, I'm pretty sure they were like on a two-game win streak or something like that. Like right out of the gate, but I don't know that it's gone that well since. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. But nonetheless, I'm hoping it turns his luck around a little bit, just for for good measure. And we'd like to have him back again and not have to have like a ten episode hiatus. Yeah, that would be great. They got smoked by L.A. Dodgers the other night, so sad. God, that damn Dodgers team's actually starting to play baseball. Uh, yeah, it's about time they've got the talent. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. They're definitely uh, having getting Kershaw back and all that's going to help. But we'll talk about that in the standings here in a little bit. Um. All right, man. Let's uh, let's see what we have ad read wise since Ben isn't here. Are you good with that? Yeah, let's see what you got. Let's see. Ben left me some papers here. Sort through. Ah, here we go. All right. Are you tired? Are, I'm gonna try that again. <laughs> I already fucked it up. <laughs> Are you tired of trying to hit dingers and watching them fall short in the outfield? Are you tired of dull yellow teeth? Are you ready to be the hero of your company softball team? Well, look no further, friends and family. For the ultimate solution, Gliber Torres's toothpaste. That's right. Torres toothpaste is the leader in HGH-infused dental products. Torres toothpaste will have your smile looking bright and your baseball going 700 feet. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. I'm not sure who gives the money back, but somebody's giving money back. Uh... So make sure that whenever you're strolling through the toothpaste aisle at the grocery store to pick up a tube of Gliber Torres's toothpaste today. Sam, back to you, sir. Holy shit. Wow. That's some, you're throwing some heat towards the Yankees right now. Young guy on the juice. Love it. Made sense. Makes sense. Gliber Torres's toothpaste. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a little, little alliteration. I mean, it just really rolls off the tongue. Exactly. I like the concept of HGH-infused toothpaste. Yeah, I think I could get on board with that as a future very old person. I, you know, yeah. I can already feel my bones hurt from time to time if I if I do anything more than walking. Uh, yeah, HGH would really help me recover from those quote unquote long runs I do. I certainly see the vision. Yep, I certainly see the vision. It's good and stuff. You know, we're multitasking with that product, right? We're whitening teeth, <laughs> freshening breath. Right. Yeah, getting whiter teeth. It's 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 the whole package, really. It's great. Excellent. I mean, can you tell us where we can buy this wonderful product? Oh, any grocery store. Any grocery store. Okay, cool. They've got a Publix down the road. I think I'm going to try that one out. Man, you throw so much shade on that grocery store. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> it's title. It's a shitty name. Yeah, it's, it's not great. They could definitely take some, uh, some tips from us. That's for sure. We'll, we'll see if we can maybe write them a letter. Well, we'll send the interns out. They don't have anything to do right now. We'll get creative on it. Yeah. Create, well, we don't, see, the problem is you can't have creative lead anything because the initiative is always really low. Yeah, I'm happy to be the head here. I'll, I'll lead the charge, but I need their creative know-how. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll send something down there. We'll get the interns involved. It'll, it'll be all right. Um, all right, man. Well, we are going to introduce a, little, a new little segment here called Sam's Piece of Shit Corner. Sam has been uh, uh, 
He's, I think since the very first episode, you've had a piece of shit for the episode. Is that right? Yeah, it's just incidental. We always seem to like the, the conversation strolls into an area where I, you know, we find a guy that I really hate <laughs> and piece of shit just happens to come out of my mouth when we talk about some one of some of these people. So yeah, nice. I'm happy. I'm happy to designate a piece of shit every episode. And uh, I'd like, actually, this is a very special edition of piece of shit corner because I have designated two individuals as pieces of shit. Oh. They um, they met in combat on the battlefield of baseball in the crucible of combat. I guess I would say uh, this week, Kurt Suzuki and Annabelle Sanchez are the pieces of shit uh, for this episode. They are both 34 years old, uh, middling in their performance. Annabelle Sanchez pitching for uh, the Braves right now. He um, threw a real big meatball to Kurt Suzuki, who hit a very rare home run. I saw that happen while I was at work, and I thought, wow, uh, Kurt Suzuki still plays baseball. <laughs> and then they showed that uh, Anibal Sanchez was the pitcher, and I said, wow, Anibal Sanchez still plays baseball? And I was immediately <laughs> transported to the year 2011. Yep. Um, so good for them for having, you know, actually pretty good seasons this year, but largely they're pieces of shit. They're just me they're medium baseball players for their entire career. And um, yeah, those are the, those are the two human pieces of shit for the episode. I'm pretty sure that you and I have been having the discussion about how long Kurt Suzuki has been playing for like a long, long time. Oh yeah, I think it's somewhere between 87 and 89 seasons in the MLB. I don't, I don't know. We might check the math on that, but I think he's been around a while. Yeah, we'll send it down to the the number crunchers down in creative. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, last I knew, Anibal Sanchez pitched for Detroit. I didn't even know he was with Atlanta. He's with Atlanta. He has a two five ERA. It's not that bad. It's not terrible. That's no. That's milling around about the uh, around the around the, the space that Atlanta has been pitching wise in general. Which is fine. They just need somebody to consume innings, which is what what he's doing. Um, so, I mean, again, both of these guys are having actually okay seasons based on their career stats, but largely they're still pieces of shit. Sorry. Animal. Yeah. I would uh, other 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 things on my mind. Uh, I'd like to go on a couple of quick rants, if go. that's okay with you. Always. Yeah. So I was looking at the standings, and I made. A very interesting observation. There is one team with the color green in their uniforms, which is a fucking travesty. That is the Oakland A's. Yeah, that's really shitty. Why? I wonder why that is. If you look at all of the team's logos, this is so not important, but it, we're looking at a lot of navy blue and a lot of black and a lot of red. And it's just kind of fucking boring. If you look at the whole color spectrum, we got a lot to play with. And there's one team with green. Like, yeah. I guess maybe there's something to be said about it not blending in with the grass and the walls potentially, but uh, go fuck yourself and add more green. Whoever's designing uniforms. I can, I see the vision. I, I see what you're saying. I think that it makes a ton of sense to try to, to diversify the uh, color platform aside from the fact that you just named off the Red Sox colors. But I mean, I think that's kind of your point, right? Because well, they're fucking boring. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's a classic thing, but I, I totally get it. There's only so much you can do with it. I suppose. I mean, I, I would like to also point out that there's one team with purple, which is obviously the Rockies. I think one team with purple is good. Green yeah. is pretty fucking common. We need more green out there. I would agree with that. And like, I don't really understand why Arizona's tried to incorporate the gray into their scenario. That Those, those road alternates are fucking rough. They are the Oregon football team of baseball uniforms. So true. And they're all bad. They are all bad. I'd also like to point out Arizona, the only team with a hint of gold, and they've got a guy named Goldschmidt who's really good at baseball. hey -o. Still on a massive tear since we lit a fire under his ass. Actually, the whole team is crushing. They're, they have the most runs scored, and I think their ERA is really low. They're up there in the in all statistical categories since we shit on them. Yep. Ben, ben would not let it live down that I really knew that they would turn it around. He just would not back off and... Glad to say he's wrong. Uh, he'll be yeah. back to defend himself, I think, later this week, but still. I look forward to a good verbal spat with Ben, the man. We always do. We always uh, do. I'd also, I also have a beef with uh, time, the concept of time. I think time is being a son of a bitch this week. Okay. Um, as the listeners might have heard uh, me mention, I have Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals on my fantasy team. He, on June 18th, hit a, uh, I believe, a two-run home run worth about six or seven points in my fantasy league. However, because this game was suspended on May 15th, all of those stats that he racked up 
don't actually count for this week. So uh, he was not even called up to the major leagues until five days after May 15th. So it will go in the records that he hit a major league home run five days before his call up. And I get zero fantasy points for this. So uh, pretty pissed off about that man hits home run on, on June 18. I do not get credit for home run hit on June 18. seems like time is a real son of a bitch. It, re- it really is. So you're so, okay. So, cause we were a little bit talking about this and since it didn't affect me, I didn't look into it much, but that, I know that's a shitty thing, but like, so in other words, that game was a makeup game. It was a makeup game. I think the, the very interesting distinction here is that there are, there are, let's go back. There's a lot of makeup games, right? There are sure. postponements, uh, very infrequently is a game suspended without it being completed on that date. They'll oh. usually wait out the rain delay or, you know, whatever. But this game was completely suspended after it had started. So I, I think that's probably the distinction that means the stats have to be placed in the record book in May. Um, but it doesn't make any sense. The dude hit a home yeah. run the other day and it counts, you know, 90 days ago. Yeah, dude, that's bullshit. I 100%. Okay, so that makes more sense because I think I was having a... I think that I, I thought that the game was postponed entirely. I didn't realize that they suspended play halfway through and then... That, so that makes more sense to me, but even so, for fantasy reasons, it seems like it should be the other way around. You're the commissioner of our league. You should be able to fix that. I actually can't. I oh. cannot fix this. Okay. And it would actually not make a difference because I'm getting pummeled this weekend by Marty uh, for the rest of this week. So I'm pretty okay. much just fucked anyway. Okay, so it doesn't really matter. It's, it's the principle though, right? Yeah, I guess, you know, I just thought I had a really good grasp on how time works in a very linear way. Um, but I guess I'm wrong. And time to me is just a son of a bitch right now. Yeah, that can happen, man. That can definitely happen. But I've never seen it really come back to screw somebody. Like like you said, not that it matters. If you were in some, like, you know, if you were in some sort of, like, you know, race for a win, I'd be really fucking, like, I'd be raging if I were you. Yeah, um, I was definitely raging throughout the week because Marty and I were having a pretty good battle back and forth. And at the end of Thursday, I'd like to say I was down by six and a half points. And if you give me those six <laughs> points from Juan Soto, like I'm in the running now I'm getting, now I'm down by like 50 points. Yeah. So it doesn't matter, but God, I, I was, bet you were thinking that's all you, on this. Yeah. I was going to say, but that's all you could think about midway through the week was now that's going to screw you the, the most here. Yeah. I made sure to uh, let Marty know that I was not getting credit for those six points. And now it doesn't matter. <laughs> good. As long as he knows I'm, I'm pummeling Jimmy here pretty good. Uh, it's, it should should work out okay here. Nothing's working out okay for Jimmy. It sounds I know. like poor fucking guy. I love the guy, but man, like he had like a fifty point lead on me all week long. And what <laughs> you? I should be in the piece of shit corner uh, a little bit too. I think because you took a lot of issue with me just taking a random spot start for Mike Bissett or whatever the hell his name is, who's already uh, been yeah. sent back to the ma- to the minors. It was just a really shitty pickup. It had no merit at all, logically. It, I, I, oh, I know that. I agree with that. That's I literally give me two points. I don't care. Like I'm doing nothing with that move anyway, and it's better than someone just sitting on my bench. So I, you know. I mean, yeah, it, it's fair. I looked at the other available pitchers, and there were just a slew of better options. And you picked up a guy who had never heard of on the A's, who's not going to get a win. So I opened up the MLB app. And went to the scores section and then moved a day ahead. So I knew that I was looking at the next starters. And that was like the third one down. Easy enough. We're talking about ease here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that is a way to do it. I'm sure. <laughs> that's a way. <laughs> there, are, there are also ways to sort by probable pitchers, which is the next day starters. And then you can sort by rank or wins or ERA. And then pick up someone like Zach Godley on the Diamondbacks who ended up picking up a W. I don't really use the actual fantasy app for any kind of research whatsoever. I have oh. other sources. I, I just, it's what I've always done kind of thing, you know, one of those Very things. interesting, very interesting choice. I'm not going to say it's wrong. I definitely want you to lose a little bit more. True. Uh, I so get it. Keep doing, keep doing your thing. Pick up garbage players. It's working it. out. All right. It's worked out so far. Uh, so good. So I don't have any complaints. Yeah. You've had some a pretty good amount of luck on your side. I don't know about that. My team is, uh, is uh, strolling along pretty good. I have no complaints so far. By points scored, you should be in third to last. Yeah, well, I'm not, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do everybody's favorite segment. We're going to go through, talk about the standings. We are going to do 
Around the Diamond. As Ben would say, that's right, cats and kittens. We are going to go around the league. We're going to talk about standings and what is going on around baseball. Let's get started with the AL East. The Yankees are at 50 and 24. The Red Sox 51 and 27. The Rays at 36 and 40. The Blue Jays at 35 and 41. And Baltimore at 23 and 52. Looks like they've picked up like two more wins since we last talked. Sam, what are your thoughts on the division? This is the least interesting division in baseball. They have two of the best teams, but the division as a whole is completely not fun to talk about. Um, except when you talk about the Yankees in Boston and then everyone else is an afterthought and they all kind of suck um, in equal measures in different ways. <laughs> yep. I would agree um, with that. I am kind of surprised to see the Yankees atop right now because they've been struggling offensively a little bit in the past couple games, I think. Uh, yeah, they've lost their last two. Yep, Boston sure also may, having some struggles there. I think their strength of schedule for this these last couple of weeks has been a little bit stronger than New York's too. Like Boston's been playing the Mariners, and there's been some really good some really good games happening there. So, you know, they're going to trade blows for the rest of the season. I don't really know where we're going to end up anymore. We were talking about it earlier. If everything ended today, it would be Seattle playing Boston in the wild card, and <sighs> that is not a comfortable spot to be in. That would be a really, really good baseball game based on what we've seen this last week. This Red Sox team could potentially win like 107 games. I think that's what they're on pace for right now, and they could get eliminated in a one-game wild card race. That'd be wild. Yeah, I don't appreciate that, even as someone who doesn't care for the Red Sox that much. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't appreciate that, if we're being honest. like I'm, you, There will be rage if that's what happens. But Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. That's, I mean, that's just a really shitty way to end the season. It'll be all right, though. We're we're not even halfway through yet, so we, there's plenty of baseball to be played, kind of like you said earlier. And um, I could still, uh, dude. Seattle's offense is is fucking good, um, even though some of the wins have been fluky. I mean, kind of to your point last episode, they're really really strong. Um, their pitching is going to be the biggest question mark there. Yep, totally agree. They got to keep Paxton healthy. They got to keep Felix healthy and producing and um, their bullpen's got to keep pace with, with the likes of Boston and New York. Exactly. So that's going to be a really interesting race to watch, but we'll talk more about them in a second. Um, yeah. yeah, man, uh, it's, it really is the, those two teams and the rest. I mean, there's a 15 game drop off from, or not a 14 game drop off from second to third place. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, the Rays, I looked up and took a couple from the Yankees the other day. Uh, but like you said, Yankees are kind of slumping right now. I'm not surprised by that. Um, Boston's been doing it too. They Boston, you know, fell in a series against the White Sox and then turned around and swept Baltimore. So I mean, New York's going to do the same things. Like it's going to yep. happen. It's baseball. I, I guess at the very least, if I need to talk about another team in the division, I can appreciate that Tampa Bay can steal some wins from uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox occasionally. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay's going to have a bunch of. I mean, it's the parent. They're going to be in the perennial spot that they're always in. But I mean, they're going to have trade pieces come the deadline. Who do you think they'll trade away? I have really no idea. I'm not really familiar with that team too much because it's and, and like Romo. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, the thing is, uh, is it Kevin Cash that's the manager of that team? Pretty sure mm, it is. Don't know. Um, that's kind of the point, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the way that he plays the bull or uh, establishes that bullpen and everything is very, very different than a lot of teams. He definitely. I mean, it's that whole classic race thing where they're trying new things and trying to be innovative. And sometimes it, like every now and then you catch lightning in a bottle, but not often. Yeah. Sergio Romo. I think it's Sergio, isn't it? He's started like a handful of games to get through the meat of a couple of orders in order to allow an actual starter to jump in in the second or third inning and take the, take the ball for the rest of the game. It's pretty yeah. interesting stuff. They're trying. Do you think that they'll try to get rid of Blake Snell? Oh, yeah, that's their best pitcher right now, isn't it? Yes, I do believe they will get rid of him for something. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the way he looks or what. I wonder if he has a cute girlfriend. I wonder if he should have been the piece of shit for the episode. Oh, there's a pop. Probably. Well, maybe later. But I mean, he's got a 2480 He's I mean, he's 9-4 and four on the year. He's having a hell of a year. He's uh, struck out. Let's see. He has only given up 26 earned. I mean, a contender could use that. Yeah. He's got definitely. a whip of 1.060. That's not terrible at all. 
No, he could definitely slot into an Atlanta Braves rotation and make a huge difference in a, a key player. Much to your chagrin, given your bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as I outlined last episode, it's a real win-win for me. I don't think I'm going to lose. Yeah, I don't think so either. But there is something about the way Blake Snell looks that I just, I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't trust. He looks like a shifty individual, doesn't he? Looks like a mugshot with a baseball uniform on. <laughs> He's probably using that uh, Torres toothpaste. It's my guess. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'll indict him. I don't care. I throw uh, in, I throw indictments around on this show very frequently. Oh, man. That's great. I'm sure you'll want me to mark that for later. Um, sure <laughs> yeah, but overall, like you said, boring division. All right, let's move on to the Central. Cleveland at 42 and 33. Detroit at 36 and 41. Minnesota 33 and 40. The White Sox 25 and 51. And the Royals at 23 and 53. What are your thoughts there, Sam? Yeah, uh, Cleveland grew dick, and they're winning a lot of baseball games. They've won their last six. Yep. They're pitching really well. They're hitting the crap out of the ball. And uh, this is the, the Cleveland Indians that we expected to see at the start of the season out of the gate. And I don't know if they'll keep it up, but this is, this is the sort of performance that we're expecting out of that group of people. I would agree. They, their slow start is troublesome, though, because yes. it was real slow. Yep, but you get, um, I think the guy's name is Shane Bieber. He's a young young pitcher who's doing really well for that team. Uh, Corey Kluber, obviously, is still, like, absolutely um, pitching the hell out of the ball. Trevor Bauer, arguably one of the best pitchers in the AL, still striking out, like, 10-plus over his last eight outings. He's just, they're, they're, the pitching staff's doing really, really well. Yeah, they really, really are. It's It's insane. And that's... That's kind of what they've always been based on in a lot of ways, like power for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, the actual, um, like having guys like Andrew Miller, or, or it's always been kind of what they've relied on. So um, good to see it for Tito. I'm always pulling for him. I mean, the rest of this division is pretty much the same exact way that it's been. Uh, however, I got to watch a little bit of Minnesota, which uh, the Red Sox had a series taken from them by Minnesota, which they... Should not have, but at the same time, Minnesota kind of went off. Yep. I think uh, Ben is quoted as saying, never sleep on Minnesota. Yeah, he really is. And I think, uh, like, the thing is, this Minnesota team is not a bad team. They've just been injured as all hell. And it just seems like they haven't been able to get over that hump. And I was really hoping that it wasn't going to be versus the Red Sox. I still don't think they do, they do because, and we'll talk about it in a second, but the Rangers have been on a tear and just swept them i'm pretty sure yep that sounds right minnesota struggles uh on all sides of the ball and you know they've they've got some flashes of brilliance they have some good talents there um but they can't really string it all together don't sleep on minnesota nailed it there you go perfect love it yep i knew it was somewhere in the archives yeah i don't have much to say on the central cleveland is good and everybody else isn't that detroit is still fun to watch they you know they can do some good things but no one's really doing a lot right now though they're going to have a decision to make with Nick Castellanos as they come towards the uh, the break it's gonna, or the uh, the trade deadline. I hope they're sellers. They should be. But Definitely. That doesn't mean that they will. Nope. Uh, that White Sox team. It's cool, it's boy. Shitty dude. What a stinker. The one thing that I noticed, I was actually watching that a little bit of that them versus the A's, which is as you would oh, like God. to refer to as a cripple fight, and. Um, <laughs> it is. They can't even. No, oh, no, it's terrible. Uh, but I saw some good work out of Piscotti, and it just makes me think every time that that was such a mistake of a trade. That one I never really understood. I mean, no. he had a pretty bad injury last year, I think. But um, out of the gate, when they brought him up a couple of years back, he was good, really yes. good. And um, they gave up on him pretty quick. Yeah. And when you get sent to the A's, not a great sign. Yeah, we'll talk about the A's in a second, but I'll be really interested to see what happens with them during the trade deadline. Um, and Jimmy's happy that Minnesota, or that, that uh, excuse me, not Minnesota, Kansas City no. is still sucking major ass. One of nine of their last ten. Did you see their poor effort in catching a fly ball yesterday? Uh, no, maybe. What happened? Just a routine pop-up behind first base by about 20 yards, and nobody really went for it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Nobody? I mean, the first baseman eventually did, but the pitcher's just sitting there with his arms up like, somebody get the fucking ball, um, and they missed it, of course. Okay. And then, um, who are they playing? It might have been the Astros. I think Carlos Correa made it to third from first. Yeah, I could see that. 
Good lord. <laughs> what a what a mess. That's the yeah. definition of a cripple fight. Um, I mean, don't you don't you remember though when they were in the World Series, they nobody would stop touting their defensive prowess. Uh, Fuck you with your defense. <laughs> to be fair, they did have a pitcher that was you know, that's dead now. I was going to say that he got Fernandez, but I didn't Jose Fernandez, but I didn't want to go there. Uh, that's okay. What's his name? I don't even remember what his fucking name was. Anyway, uh, died in a car crash in the DR. That sucks. That's a definitely. A oh hard. shit! That's right. Um, yeah, he was good. He was going to be really good. I forgot his name. Too bad Ben's not here. Ben adds the respect level to the show. You and I just laugh about things like that. Yeah, yeah. We need somebody to really tie us to earth. I mean, for God's sakes, I tried to trade Jose Fernandez to Jimmy, like the morning. That all broke. So yeah, I think there were also people naming their fantasy teams like the Hernandez Naval Academy and things like that. Oh no, I tried to, but you uh, <laughs> you voted a, a, a different way. <laughs> oh, sad. No, it's probably for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. To, let's move on to the the old uh, AL West. Houston is at fifty one and twenty seven. Seattle at forty seven and thirty. The Angels forty one and thirty six. Uh, Oakland at 40 and 37, Texas at 34 and 44. We got some great stuff to unpack here. Get us started, Sam. Yeah, uh, no signs of Houston slowing down. Seattle is slowing down a little bit, and now they're four games back. Uh, The Angels are still a sideshow, as you like to call them, and I totally agree with that that moniker now. Um, A's above 500, although, as you know, I think that they will just land directly on 500. And then Texas won seven straight games. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, man. So... Let's let me look at let's look at their last few games. So they ha- I so first of all, we need to talk we were talking about strength of schedule and everything. That definitely plays into to a big portion of it here. Um because one of those series that they swept was against Kansas City. There where we playing the like Minnetonka Rumble Ponies or whatever the fuck the Mets affiliate is. <laughs> so it was So okay, so going into today they in their last fourteen games, they're seven and seven, but they're also on a seven game win streak. Okay. So, so they lost seven and then they won seven. Yeah, so they lost that series to Colorado. <laughs> then they had a three game sweep of Kansas City this past week. And then they they uh won two against Minnesota playing the third game of that this afternoon. So fluky probably, right? Yeah, that I mean They've won their past seven games, and over their last 14, they're still 500. That's not good. No, not at all. Their pitching's been okay, though, in the last little bit, which is kind of shocking. Mike Miner seems to have had a couple good starts. That's good. I mean, that won't last. None of our starters are really that good anymore. No. Um, probably probably a couple slugfests in there, and um, that's kind of what we expect out of a team with a Joey Gallo on it. If I tried to name that starting rotation past – Mike Miner, Bartolo, I got Hamels. nothing. Oh, Hamels, yeah, of course. Cole Hamels. Nick Martinez, um, is he one of them? Uh, Le- no, fuck me. Really? That's embarrassing. No, I, 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 that, that's kind of the point, though. Like that, It's just a garbage rotation that, that's all over I'm gonna the place. Be, I'm going to be mad when I figure this out. But, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not great. I know that Cole Hamels, Mike Miner, Bartolo Colon, uh, what? We got this guy back? That can't be right. We got Giovanni Gallardo back? When did that happen? I have no idea. I didn't know that he played there. And Austin Bibbins-Dirks from, you know. Oh, yeah. Less. But he's more like a long reliever. Definitely. Did they move Matt Moore to the bullpen? I'm th- pretty sure they did. Matt Moore is in the bullpen. Yep. I mean, they're they're going to build a little bit of value here with a few of these guys. Like, Keona Kellas is playing pretty well. He, uh... Uh, shut down the lights on a couple of uh, in a, the last couple of games, and he's not usually a closer. Yep, I think uh, that's probably a selling piece. Um, the others, not so much. We lost Doug Fister and Martin Perez. I think Martin Perez will be back very shortly, though. Probably so, but I, isn't that kind of a perennial thing? Oh, no, wait, no, Martin P- Perez was transferred to the 60 day disabled list. Fuck. Elbow discomfort. <laughs> Uh, okay. Doug Fister is on the 60 day as well with a right knee strain, Matt Bush, 10 day Gallo on the 10 day with a hamstring. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I missed the days where we had Prince Fielder at first and that was, that was at least very entertaining. One nacho eaten Prince Fielder. 
Yeah, I think if we still had Prince Fielder, we might have the two heaviest players in baseball between him and Bartolo Colon. <laughs> Not by like hitting, but by weight. By by weight. Not heavy hitters, just heavy players. Yeah, a lot of a lot of mass. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so you still think that they won't be sellers though? I, you know, I don't know what to think about this team anymore. And they're not going to get any value out of an Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Probably not. Uh, I've heard rumblings that Beltre has a lot of contenders' eyes, even though he's ancient. He will not stay healthy. There's no way that happens. No. And I don't think we sell the people that people would want to buy, like the Nomar Mazaras and the Joey yeah. Gallows of the world. Like, they're, they're going to stay on this team. Too bad they can't figure out how to move that Odor deal. That thing is a nightmare. Yeah, uh, probably could have told you that last year. In fact, I probably did. You probably sure did. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to finish this piece I've been working on about how bad he's been ever since that punching thing. That's coming out really soon. I'm like just on the tail end of the research. I look forward to seeing the numbers because I I love a good story where somebody does something really stupid and then they just suck forever. Yeah, it's not been pretty. I'll tell you that he is hitting three twenty oh two twenty four. Gets on base 297 and has an OPS of 625. Man, uh, this team's really letting me down this season. And I'm letting, I mean, they're letting me down and I'm letting them down by not really paying any attention to them. It's hard to, man. I get it. Dude, he played a, all 162 games last year. That's impressive. I, I believe it. He's a little bit of a, he's a workhorse for sure. Um, also, just kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. He hit 204, was on base 252. And was at 649. Seems to be the uh, the story of this guy's career. <sighs> Sounds right. Well, that's Sounds rough. right, Justin. That I is... look forward to the in-depth analysis. Yep, it'll be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Um, now that I'm all depressed, let's move on to the National League. Well, uh, who do you think Oakland's going to sell on? Who do I think Oakland will sell? Chris Davis. No doubt. Chris but... Davis is out. He's on pace for 20, not 24, sorry. On pace for another 40, 40 home run season. I think that'll be three or four seasons in a row. Um, and he's been injured uh, once. I think he missed a week and a half or so. So he's, you know, he's still crushing the ball. Yeah, he really, really is. Um, when he's out there, he is producing. Just, it's very rarely, um, very rarely a week will go by where he's done nothing. I'm just looking at some of the insane players on this did you know marcus simeon was on that that team yeah yeah i think he's had injuries this season yeah he definitely has um he's good they could probably sell on jed lowry jed lowry's had a he had a really hot start to the season i don't know how he's doing right now he gets on base 341 i think we have we talked about that much like on base is much more of a metric that i look at as opposed to batting average but fair uh, Bryce Harper would be happy to know that at this point, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh God. Um, you could probably get something from Matt Joyce, maybe. No, definitely not. Steven, they've got Piscotty. They could, they could definitely get something there. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got some pitching too. That's not terrible. They, they could make do some things. I think they will. Um, yeah, they always I'm just do. curious who's going to be buying. I mean, there's a lot of the teams that are really good probably don't need any help right now but i guess once you get that roster expansion um those guys come into play a little bit more well ironically boston's gonna i know are gonna be looking to add to the bullpen and they're gonna be looking to add a right-handed hitter since they let hanley go but again we will talk about that in a few minutes but uh, yeah they're definitely gonna be in that market so i mean that's just one team right there i'm sure new york will look into strengthen things in the bullpen um the astros are always going to look for a way to add um, the Red Sox, well, I don't want to go too far back to that, but their second half of the lineup has just been pathetic. So I'm, they're going to be looking for some sort of something that's not Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting 180. So Shouldn't have let go of that Hanley Ramirez guy. Uh, there are reasons behind that. We'll talk in a little bit. Um, all right, let's move on to the NL. I agree with you now. Um, the NL East, Atlanta is at 35 and, excuse me, Atlanta is at 43 and 32. Uh, Philly 41 and 33, Washington 40 and 35, the Mets 31 and 43, and Miami at 40, excuse me, 30 and 47. There's this thing that I like to do whenever I'm going through the standings where I just like chew on my tongue. That's what just happened. What oh, do you lovely. Think? How does it taste? Uh, not great. What do you think about the NL East? I think the NL East uh, is very surprising to this point. 
I didn't think Atlanta would be able to hang on, but they are still hanging on. And now Philly is in second place, right on the heels of Atlanta. Um, also very surprising. They are hitting the dick out of the ball. And um, they've got Odubel Herrera doing really well right this second, which is super important for that squad. And then the Nationals are just pooping the bed. Yep. They sure are. Like, what, what did you say about Harper? Isn't he hitting 220? 212. Oh, God. But he gets he, his base on base has got to be high. 340 something? That's really good. I mean, considering he's hitting 212. He walks a lot. Well, yeah, you can't blame teams for putting him on base. Yep. Oh, sorry. I was wrong. It is 353 his on base. Okay. He, um, so for reference, uh, all of last season, he walked 68 times. And so far this season, he has walked 57 50, times. 57, yep. That's crazy. That's so a lot, of, a lot of patience up there, I guess. And then when he gets something he can hit, he doesn't do it. I'm telling you, man. If I'm – well, luckily, I'm not having to make this deal – but I would not be signing that dude to a $400 million contract. Would he's not really got to, he's got to pick up the pace if he wants anything approaching that. Yeah. I bet you, I still think that he ends up just re-signing back with the nationals. I think it's completely possible that that happens. He, he might, you know, have a, have a nice life there. Who knows? Wonder, Those intangibles. I wonder if he is a Scott Boris client. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I would also not at all be surprised. Yep. Sure was. is. Wow. <laughs> not surprising in the least bit. Um, yeah, man, that Philly team is really putting it together though. I like to see a good underdog story. They're not, they weren't projected to do much of anything this season, except continue to sort of build momentum leading into like the 2019 or beyond seasons. So yeah, it's kind of cool to watch them do well. I've got two guys in the office who really like Philly. So for those reasons, I want them to not succeed. Right. And I mean, especially with kind of the, Weird things that have happened with Gabe Kapler in general. He, he comes up literally every episode. He gets way too much mentions. Too many mentions of Kapler. If he didn't have the website. Before this, I remembered him as a Texas Ranger who was on like a 28-game hit streak or something like that. Oh, he played for the Red Sox too. I know. I get it. I believe it. Yep. Well, it happens. That's what happens when you make really weird decisions when you have to go to the fucking minor leagues three games into the year yeah you know i think one out of every 10 of his decisions is to lift something with his trap muscles no doubt about that i saw some story yeah so i started looking into what jimmy told us about uh the pregame routines of one uh what's his name oh the nazi uh chase chase utley yeah was blanking on his name for a second started looking into that and ran into a story about how often Kapler walks around the clubhouse just in a jock strap. That's uncomfortable to me. Huh. Anyway. Uh, I don't want to delve into this too much, no. but I bet he's got really weird sexual preferences. We'll just leave it <laughs> No doubt about it. Um, the Mets, 3-7 and seven of their last 10. They started to kind of get some momentum going, but then they just got crushed this past weekend. Nope, they're pooping the bed. They're going to keep pooping the bed. Yep. Sorry, Jimmy. They're pooping the bed. No doubt about it. I agree. Um, and we're not going to talk about the Marlins. Fuck them. Dude, yeah. I'm, we're almost to the point where we're just boycotting the Marlins entirely. I don't blame the Marlins, man, at this point. I'm good with yeah. that. I also get to the point where we're nearing – this happens every year to me. I get towards the, the halfway point, and then, to me, half of the teams don't even exist anymore. Yep. They, they add to the win column of the half of the teams that have a shot. Correct. I would agree. All right, let's move on to the Central. Uh, Milwaukee at 45 and 31. The Cubs at 42 and 32. The 39 and 36. Pittsburgh at 36 and 40. And Cincinnati at 31 and 45. Thoughts? Uh, Cincinnati's won six games in a row. Joey Votto's been hitting the shit out of the ball. Um, I'm not sure how their pitching's doing, but super surprised to see that. They're not going to, I mean, that's not going to really take them anywhere. Yep. Um, and I never, I never, ever start from the bottom and work my way up, but, um, good to see Cincinnati winning some games. I, it gets to the point again, around this time of year where I just kind of feel bad for those teams. Yeah. And if I see something good happening, then I'm like, yay, good for you. See you next year. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh playing in the mud still St. Louis They're, I mean, they're really struggling to generate runs and I think they're going to be, you know, kind of, kind of in the same zone as the A's like around 500 for the remainder of the year. It's really about the Cubs and Milwaukee at this point. 
uh, Milwaukee, I think, is uh, doing really well offensively and um, pitching wise. Right yep. this second, sure are. It's I good. Know. It's good to see that uh, Cubs. Whatever. I know that you're not a Milwaukee believer, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic at this point about that team. There are three teams right now, and they're all leading their division in the National League. I'm a believer in none of them. That is the Braves, the Brewers, and the Diamondbacks. I don't understand how they're winning, but they are, and it hasn't ceased all season. That that uh, Brew Crew team is electric, though, man. I'm going to have to tune in and watch some more of their games. I watched a few, probably five or six at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, because I, I think they made some really interesting acquisitions, but I haven't, haven't really checked in since. Travis Shaw is batting 244 on base 341 has an OPS of 826 he's hit 14 home runs and 47 RBIs man he would be really well suited to play on the Boston Red Sox yeah it's too bad that they uh you know nah we'll not go into it <laughs> I don't feel like discussing Pablo F Sandoval in the light today there fuck that guy um but I like what what they're putting together and their pitching's been good like their pitching's been really really solid and I'm happy strong to see it for them. Strong rotation. Yep. Exactly. They have all the makings of a team that could unravel, but probably shouldn't kind of thing. I think um, they'll unravel in the, in the playoffs. If they make it that far, immediately they'll just unravel. Okay. We'll see what happens. I'll never let you live that down if they, for some reason, win a World Series or something. You know, it, not, nothing, none of my predictions are panning out. My fantasy <laughs> team sucks. Our <laughs> pets' heads are falling off. Like... <laughs> Just nothing is going my way. So you can take whatever I say, not to the bank, but probably to the dump. Yeah, Ben's all about taking that stuff to the bank. Yeah. Um, all right. Last division here. Uh, NL West, Arizona is at 43 and 33. The Dodgers, 40 and 35. San Francisco at 39 and 39. Colorado at 38 and 39. And San Diego, 35 and 44. What do you think? Still sad for the Rockies. I just think that the likes of Nolan Arenado deserve a lot, more, a lot better. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Mike Trout being the best player in baseball, and no doubt that he is. But um, a lot of people are like saying things to the effect of, "Well, I don't really care. I never watch him play. He's on the West Coast. He's on a shitty team." I would, to a lesser degree, apply that same sentiment to Nolan Arenado, who's a fucking stud and just doesn't get enough limelight. No. Not at all. You, dude, you and I have been talking about Arenado for – this is probably the third or fourth year we've been talking about that dude. And, I mean, he's hitting 319 on base 404 and has a 993 OPS. He's almost at 1,000 OPS, for God's sakes. He's hit uh, 17 home runs and 53 RBIs. It's crazy. I mean, you know, the Coors of field effect is definitely in play here. But even when he's away, he just mashes the ball. Sure um, does. Yeah. It was, a, it was a joy to have him on my fantasy team two years in a row couple years back and now he's not and it makes me sad yeah. but um thinking about the division um more broadly kind of surprised arizona is still there they've they've just had a really really good run these past couple weeks basically since we shat on them um but the dodgers are right on their heels they're they're picking up the pace yep not no doubt about it uh yeah good to see the dodgers picking up the pace man i i still don't know if i wholeheartedly believe i think I still think Arizona's the better team overall, but they're fucking mashing. Yep. Matt Kemp uh, hit a fucking pinch hit grand slam the other night. Kershaw came in. He pitched okay. He had a, like, a pitch count max of 16. I think he threw out 55. He did okay. I think he'll need some more starts to get back into form. Um, but that'll be a huge boost to the team, even if it's just moral for morale purposes. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. It's uh, it's definitely shaping up. I mean, and they've been just ridiculed with injury. That's kind of been there, and they don't have the depth to sustain that. So I still feel like I wouldn't count count in on them all all the way in the long run, given their health factors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they've got some guys who are hitting the ball a little bit better, but that doesn't mean they're at full strength. They've got Muncie hitting bombs. Matt Kemp is having like a really good season. Cody Bellinger is starting to um, produce as we expected him to. Uh, they've just got too many guys on the DL right now. Yep, sure do. Man, this Arizona team has picked it up a ton as well. Love to see those young guys do do really well. The likes of Jake Lamb and Goldschmidt are some of my favorite guys to watch. Um, and then Zach Greinke uh, continuing to do really, really well in Arizona. They've had some bullpen explosions, which is really sad. I think you give them a couple more wins if they didn't have Brad fucking Boxberger blow three saves, four saves this year. He should be your piece of shit for the episode. 
he'll be my piece of shit for this fucking season if he doesn't pick it up. That's another thing. You're going to have to come up with a piece of shit for the entire, like, year. For sure. Oh, ch- challenge accepted. Yeah, can't wait for that. That's going to be fantastic. You name the time frame, I'll name an asshole. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was Around the Diamond. That was always a good time. We are going to talk a little bit about two things that have been floating around the last couple of days. Well, one uh, involves defensive shifts, and the other involves Hanley Ramirez. Sam, let's talk about defensive shifts first. Yeah, so um, as many of the listeners know, uh, lots of teams like to change the way that their defensive players are positioned on the field based on who is at the plate. Um, This practice is growing in commonality and frequency so much that it's gained the attention of the powers that be within the MLB upper management, right? So there, there are talks, nothing, nothing concrete yet. Uh, there are talks of regulating defensive shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously a lot of pros and cons to doing so. To, in my eyes, I, I don't think it is something that should be regulated. But the, the growing frequency with which teams and managers use the shift is pretty shocking, I think. We're on pace this year to use a defensive shift 10,000 more times than we did last year, which is incredible. Yeah, it's it really. So I agree with you. I don't think that it should be regulated. But at the same time, we got we talked a a couple episodes ago. I think it was just you and I. And we were talking and actually, I believe this might have even gotten cut off. But we were talking about defensive shifts and how they were using like, you know, swapping the third and second baseman and like you know, swapping the shortstop and all these because of different positionings, which, so I could understand the, the, the desire to at least look at it, but, and so I don't know, do you think like, is there any way to limit it where like you can't, there isn't really any way to limit it. It's either all or nothing. It seems like, right. I mean, if we really wanted to complicate the matter, we could say that you get X number of defensive shifts per game, but then, then we have to draw some lines in the sand around what is a defensive shift. I think if you look at the way that defenses play on a game-by-game basis, you will see a player shift one or two feet every dire- in one direction based on who's at bat. Yeah. And that's, that's not something we call a shift. But you know that shortstop is you know moving back two feet. Or yeah. Maybe the second, second baseman is playing in shallow right field to – you know, make up for Joey Gallo hitting like a rocket to second base or the fourth outfielder um, thing. So, so at that point it becomes what the fuck is a shift because they do it every fucking play right now. Um, so that's, that's a pretty tough judgment call to make. And I don't think it's something that can be or should be regulated. I agree. You know, it's just, it's tricky whenever you have like a lineup card that you submit and all of a sudden one play, your shortstop is playing second and vice versa. And then it switches back on the next batter. So I can understand the, the, the desire to look at it, but past that, I don't. I I really don't know what you do to limit it. I think I think most of this is the labor unions for the game scores. They're just sick of having to do a little bit more work, and they want to regulate people moving around. That is. The, How do you call a five-three double play if there's a fucking second baseman where the you know right behind second? You know, it gets it gets confusing for those people. It does. I get that, but at the same time, I mean, it seems like we have a a dock workers union here of lazy people. I totally agree. I think it's impossible to draw a line in the sand as to what a shift is. And uh, I, for one, I'm of the opinion that the analytics that go into developing these shifts is an edge that a ball club, a front office, and a management staff uh, can use to their benefit. Whether they choose to or not is up to them. Like Colorado very rarely shifts. Yep. Fine. Uh, the Astros obviously a big fan of the shift and they are using it to their benefit. Like what is the point of all the analytics uh, if you can't use them in super creative ways? Exactly. The Red Sox are doing the exact same thing. Now it makes sense given the environment that Alex Cora just came from, but even so they're John Farrell didn't use them nearly as much as he ever should have. And they definitely had some shifts on and things, but they are very traditional shifts. And um, I mean, I don't, it's one of those things that it's going to all come back to the usual argument that always happens in baseball of the whole like, oh, well, it's the unwritten rules and it's the, the tradition of the game and all that. Fuck all that. This sport needs to grow and it's only going to get better the more that you use those kinds of things to your advantage. It's a team strategy. 
and you can't regulate team strategy. That's that's kind of if I had to boil it down, that's what I think is going on. I mean, you think about regulating it. There, there's a number of ways that they can try and do it. It could be number of shifts per team per game, number of shifts per inning per pitch. Uh. That would be crazy. But you can also think of it in a different way, which is player zones, right? Like first baseman can't pass this line. Second baseman can't be in shallow right field. Oh. Things like that, uh, which to me would just be a fucking nightmare Dude, to enforce. Yes. And again, drawing that line would suck, and it would just take take a big part of the modern game away from managers and players, which I am not a fan of. As I would commonly say, and you cannot do that. Yeah, cannot do it. That is that is such a good drop. As I would um, commonly say, but no, I agree with you. I think it becomes way too hard to regulate. I don't know what you could do about that. Um, dude, because think about the mess that would entail. Oh, you can't go past this line and zone, dude. That would never work. It would be a fucking nightmare. Ooh, so I think there's there's another side to this, which is, to me, this is partially on the batters. So um, Anthony Rizzo is a perfect example of this. He uh, used to get shifted. People or teams would put a shift against him all the time. The, the entire infield would be shifted from second base towards the right. It would just be super right heavy. And he just lays down bunts down the third base line. And then they stop shifting against him. Exactly. But then you get Joey Gallo up there. There's four guys in the outfield, and you know the, the everybody else is east of second base. And then he still just fucking swings for the fences. Yeah, like just learn how bunt to lay down for Christ's sakes, <laughs> fucking do it. And they yeah. will not do it anymore. And then you have your open space to swing like an idiot. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the point. And I just, I think that's the other side of that too. Is it's a it is a very easy fix on the player side of things, but. And I understand hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in the galaxy, Jason Wirth. But uh, there are ways around it. Like you can try to do something other than, you know, hit right into the defensive shift. Try, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Try using your baseball skills. Right. Which I know, hitting a baseball is really, really hard. And just telling someone, why don't you just hit it the other way? Like doesn't make a ton of sense. It's not easy to do. But put a little effort into it, Joey Gallo. Like, you get shifted against, like, crazy. Exactly, dude. It's insane. It really is. Um, so pull an Anthony Rizzo and adapt. Exactly. I've actually blasted these very similar thoughts out there on the, on the uh, social medias before. Oh, well, I'm not going to apologize for having the same thought. If I didn't have Twitter, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> there you go. No, but... Um, I, I don't really expect you to apologize for having the same thought because you and I think about this stuff very similarly. Um, and probably with too much frequency. Probably so, which is kind of sad, but okay, whatever. doesn't matter. It I gets, also have a job. Yeah, right. Well, it's gotten us this far. I mean, number one baseball podcast, so, you know, I'll take it. That's self, self-proclaimed, self I think. All day. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about this Hanley thing. So yeah. how much have you looked into this? I would say I looked into it the same amount that I guessed he would be using PEDs for, which is about 30% of my time. Okay, that's fair. So I'll give you a little bit of context with him. So uh, first of all, I heard about this, like, or rumblings of something like this two or three weeks ago. But mm-hmm. uh, so for, I don't really think it's my responsibility to be putting that shit out there. And there's so much bullshit out there on the internet as it is. And like, it's all alleged at this point. So it doesn't really, I don't, I don't want to indict the guy, no pun intended here um, <laughs> for, you know, for no real reason. Like, I mean, it, it could very well be that he had nothing to do with all this, uh, but it is a really, really bizarre story. And so we go back to uh, April, the beginning of the season with the Red Sox, Hanley was hitting 330. He was, had an OPS of 874. So he was hitting really fucking well. Mm-hmm. We get to May, and he goes in an 0 for 20 slump over five games. And Boston just, they had to make a, a spot on the roster for uh, for Pedroia, and so they just completely DFA'd him. Just completely designated him and cut him. They gave him $15 million to go away. Yep. That's not what you do with a player that is slumping. Correct. Especially when you're paying him that kind of money. I couldn't agree more. I think... The, the front office of the Red Sox can say as much as they want that this is a baseball move or yeah. was a baseball move. Yeah. That is total horseshit. They smelled, they smelled something terrible. 
they probably knew they might have firsthand knowledge or secondhand knowledge of what's going on. And they're, they are washing their hands of someone who's in trouble, which yep. is totally understandable. Just fucking say that. Exactly. So here's the thing. So uh, a couple of things around that too. So Alex Cora says he didn't know. And, and so here's what I think. I think that they, I don't know that they necessarily knew, but I think that they got wind that something didn't look great. And so for those who haven't really heard, so what happened was um, April 25th, it was released that 45 individuals were uh, indicted for participating in a uh, fentanyl uh, trafficking conspiracy. And fentanyl is like a narcotic pain reliever. And um, so for whatever reason, so cops pull over this, this guy involved in this ring and for whatever reason, at some point, so they, they search his car and all this, and they find all this fentanyl. And for whatever reason, he decided to FaceTime a phone number that was Hanley's, which is really strange. Like, why him of all people? or what? You know what I mean? Like, that's a very odd move. And so as this was starting to be looked at, so of the 45 arrested, 20 of those people were from Lawrence, Massachusetts, which... Uh, the whole like drug ring and stuff like that in Boston gets really, really like tricky because you have like Irish mob families and stuff. But 20 of those people were from Lawrence, which happens to be a really like hotbed for like narcotics and things like that in the state of Massachusetts. Guess who that same day had a, a baseball, a, like a, a little league game there that, you know, like he was doing one of those like charity, like reach out to the, ki the kids he spends a lot of time in Lawrence. Which was is, it Dustin Pedroia? Because I don't, I don't like him. No, it was not Dustin Pedroia. But right. it was fucking Hanley. So that's a little bit odd. But, I mean, you know, I mean, not saying that, I mean, may, who knows, right? I mean, maybe it was just a, a casual day trip down to Lawrence. I mean, who hasn't been there, right? Are you suggesting that Hanley Ramirez covered up some sort of drug ring meeting or operation with a little league charity event uh because yes i be, absolutely am this is totally an episode out of like the wire that's fine i like it that's fine because i'm telling you with whatever has come out so far that's tip of the iceberg it feels like yep sad and, day sad day for hanley ramirez um not at all surprised that no one else is touching him i mean somebody knows something in baseball and that's, um, even even if it's just that Hanley is being investigated for unknown charges, federal and states. That's enough for people to just say, like, fuck you. Yep. We're not, we're not going to touch it until you're clear. But it tells me that the, I absolutely know the Red Sox knew because that would not be the case otherwise. He would be because the thing is, uh, they're paying him $15 million to go away, but any team could pay him the veteran minimum while Boston's still paying him. Let's look at Pablo F. Sandoval out in San Francisco right now on a veteran minimum for the Giants, doing really well. Good for him, I guess, whatever. But like, Boston's paying him to play there because he was worth so little that it would made sense for them to pay him to just go away. And so, so the other teams look at that though. Right. And I mean, you know that they're, I mean, MLB teams share their information for the most part. They're yep. supposed to, but they do that for a reason. It makes the league, it, you have to keep in mind what, what the actual look of the league is here. And yeah, so I have a question around that. And I don't know if you know the answer, but if you are simply under investigation for things, does that, uh, disable you from being able to play like let's say Cincinnati had picked up Hanley right away and they still knew this stuff with the MLB go no 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 like you're being you're under investigation like you're in, you're on administrative leave or something so they have a like a list that they can put them on that's sort of like the DL I forget what it's called but it's like a it's like a commissioner's list or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's it's called something similar to that. It's ridiculous. But is it, I thought that's how I got club access at, at the ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> the commissioner's list. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we if if we're not on that, we definitely need to get on it. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't I don't want to investigate the ways that we would have to go about to get on said list, but still. Um, so anyway, I just think that. It, man, it really feels like where there's smoke, there's fire in some way. I'm not saying he's running the whole thing. I've watched that guy play for years. By all intents and purposes, he's kind of an idiot. So, I don't know, though. That could be Yeah, it. I mean, if he's trying to, like, double his, his awesome money by being a part of a drug ring, um, <laughs> not the brightest bulb in the, in the jar, I almost said. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yes, that it's a... It's, 
definitely a confusing, perplexing thing. So we'll I mean, keep that's what uh, the stock market is for, and that's why people uh, with so much wealth hire people to invest their money. Correct. Correct. You just got to hope they do it the right way. But yeah. um, I don't think a fentanyl ring is the way that they would go. So probably not. We will see what happens, man. But it, it's. I've heard these rumblings, and like I said, I didn't want to put any bullshit out there until I, someone else had done it first, and that's what happened this weekend, and I think that more is going to keep coming out. And of course, he posted a picture on uh, Instagram and Twitter yesterday of himself smoking a cigar down in Miami. Probably not a great look. That may not age well. That's probably, yeah, he's not going to age well either. He's already kind of hefty. Um, I would like to point out that I thought he was going to be released for PED-related um, charges. I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it. Yeah, I'll give you that because I think it's, well, let's make sure that he's guilty first. So let me ask you this. If, say that he's cleared, does yep. the team take a chance? Yes. Hard yes. It's still kind of a Jose Reyes type of look. Definitely a Jose Reyes look. You look at some of the teams who could probably use the help, um, and they'll take a, a broken and recently you know, cleared of charges Hanley Ramirez to see if there's something there. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to, right? Yeah, totally. I don't know. I don't know which team would go for that, but you got to think one of them who's in who's in the hunt would totally pull the trigger. Yeah, I don't know. Who would though? Seems hmm. like seems like a Mets kind of thing. Seems like a Mets thing. What if Detroit were in the hunt and they, um, you know, lost a lost a key piece and they need a DH or something like that? Just a little extra pop. So I actually heard when he got first got released that Detroit, Colorado, uh, Houston, and there was one other team were interested in his services. But that's what I'm say- saying, man. They got word of that. They knew because they backed away real fast. I'm really curious to see how the rest of the story plays out, but super, super bizarre. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right. Let's move on to our last segment. I think it's time for... Rapid fire! Yeah, machine guns, all that. Rapid fire. Let's do some rapid fire questions. Sam, start us off. Yeah. M, uh, Justin, which team in the MLB is just the worst? Just the worst? Uh, probably the... I really lean towards the Giants here. Really? Can but you I, explain yourself? I How love their ballpark, and I love everything that should be the Giants, but they're just... Pablo probably plays a big part in that and just the frustration that I've had with Mad Bum over the last like two years of like falling off dirt bikes and the like yep. uh, definitely infuriates me. Um, I mean, I would say, so are you talking worst as just like I hate them or like worst as in like the worst playing team? So I have left this intentionally vague, but the wording is very precise. Which team in the MLB is just the worst? Okay, well, it's the Yankees. That's obvious. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. But, like, I didn't know if you meant, like, uh, anyway. All right, that's fine. Both of those answers are wonderful. Yes. San Diego is a close second, probably, though. Gotcha. Uh, Will the Orioles ever win another baseball game? That was actually going to be the answer to my own question. And the answer (laughs) (laughs) answer is no. Just connecting those dots. (laughs) They won't. They will not. Okay, perfect. I love it. Okay, um, if you could change one team's name, which would it be and why? Oh, um, damn. Excluding the Indians, that's easy. Yeah, that's low-hanging fruit. And the Braves, probably. Low-hanging fruit was my nickname in uh, college. Um, Your roommate gave you that one? No. That is a real, what would your answer be here? The Phillies, because it's unoriginal, it's fucking stupid name. I agree. I, could, I, I see the vision. I could definitely get on with that. I, I feel like... Philly Patriots, done. Rebranded. Everybody can keep their P gear. Done. Yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. That's, they really should come to us to solve all these problems. We're, we're really good at it. Um, we, don't, we don't need creative. Fire all those fucking potheads. No, no, no. We're keeping the creative, guys. They've got to help you on your, uh, on your mission that we laid out there earlier in the show. It's true. It's very um, true. Is Seattle going to give the Astros a run for their money? Um, whew. I'm going to say yes. I love that answer. I agree. I think yes. I think 
Um, they will continue to nip at the heels of the Astros, and they're going to be taking wins away from them every trip. Yep, I agree with that. I think that's going to it's going to actually make that division fun to watch. It's sort of like what the Angels wanted to be, but just are not. I think you're right, and I you know I haven't been a Seattle believer um, until the last week or so, probably since the last time we recorded. Uh, they're looking really good, and they're sustained. So I think yes. All right, I like it. I like it. I will tell you what, I will come back to the show next week with an answer to renaming of the team, and I will have a full explanation and name, branding, logo, uh, an idea, like in a logo idea. I'll bring that back to you. How about that? Yeah. No, don't, don't kill yourself over this, but you know. If you no, no. This is an important question. We only okay. tackle the important questions here. I totally agree. Uniform colors, everything. Right. No green? What the fuck? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a, definitely a problem. We'll, we'll get on that commissioner's list yet. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we want to remind everybody, we are a Sensibly Loud production. www.sensiblyloud.com. Make sure to check out the website for blogs, pods, photos, more. It's a good place to have everything in one basket. Also, on the break, a basketball podcast is also uh, posting their content there, so make sure to check that out. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at OutfielderPod, on Facebook, the Outfielder Podcast, and on Instagram, at OutfielderPod as well. We are on Apple iTunes. We are on the Google Play Store. Uh, We are on SoundCloud. We are out out on all of the mediums that you can obtain your podcasts and all of your media dealings. Uh, We want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 28 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our listeners, our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling the outfield, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Go, 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 go